0: Welcome to this week's episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. And as you are listening, you already know this is a little bit different, right, Trey?
1: That's right. We're going to do No music
0: love. yet, but that's coming. Just hold on. The reason why we're doing it different this week is because Trey and I are taking a couple of weeks off. I'm on vacation. And so we thought it'd be a lot of fun during these couple of weeks to go way back into the archives. Yeah, we're talking way back, way back. Mm -hmm. And what we're going to do over the next couple of weeks, you're going to get back to new content real soon. But over the next couple of weeks, we thought we'd do to go back in the archives and play the best of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. And we
1: know the best of because why? Because they're the best of. Oh, okay. No, no, no. no
0: because the, the, the two episodes you're going to hear over the next couple of weeks are the, the most listened there to okay. shows on the podcast. I knew there was a reason. So I went back in the archives and I did all the stats and I saw the numbers on each episode and I picked out the two that have been the most listened to over the last couple of years. So we're going to replay them for you. Maybe you've heard them already. Maybe you haven't. If you haven't heard them, they'll be brand new to you. it be a lot of fun. But but the first one, the, this is the most listened to episode of the Connecting Faith life podcast what is it trey
1: so listen with us as we learn about six ways to make god honoring decisions episode number
0: three hope you enjoy it
1: welcome to this episode of the connecting faith to life podcast I'm Trey Rhodes, Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina, and in just a few moments, our lead pastor, Tommy Meador, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, we hope that these few minutes will help you to stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus, and also to encourage you to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. Everyone, welcome to our third podcast. We're excited about what God's doing, and get out, spread the word, let people know about the podcast, and invite your friends to come listen. We've had some great feedback this past week. Appreciate y'all just uh, getting out there and and uh, getting the word known about our our podcast and what God is doing through it. And we are what we're doing is we're using the message uh, to. Uh, give us what we're going to be talking about on the podcast. So if you have not listened to the messages past week or just want to review, make sure you go to our website, northwoodbaptist.com, and the little drop-down menu, you'll see messages, and then uh, click on that, and you can listen there. Acts chapter 1, verses 12 through 26, is an interesting passage of Scripture. Uh, There's some strange things in there, though, and uh, probably things that we're not real happy with. Uh, we're, we're We're not comfortable understanding. So Pastor Tommy, since you're here and Can give us some background. Why don't you do that for us now?
0: Hey, Trey, thanks. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time you took a quarter, flipped it in the air, and said, okay, if it's heads, I'm going to do this. If it's tails, I'm going to do that. You ever done that before?
1: I did a lot when I was a kid. I don't, I haven't done it recently,
0: though. <laughs> that's probably wise on your part not to do that very often. But it seems like that's what takes place in Acts chapter 1, isn't it?
1: It does. That's exactly what it seems like. So
0: you have Peter. He's there with the 120 who are gathered in an upper room. They're waiting for Jesus to fulfill his promise to send the Holy Spirit. And as they're waiting... Peter is compelled to replace Judas. Judas, if you remember, he had committed suicide, Mm. and so they're wanting to replace Judas with someone else who had witnessed the resurrection and who had been around since Jesus began his earthly ministry. And so what they did was cast lots. Now, we don't know exactly what they did when they cast lots, but it's a lot like flipping a coin. That's an odd way to discover the will of God, isn't it? Mm, Yes. But, I mean, this is, was a pretty common practice in the Old Testament, and so Peter did what he knew. They cast lots and they trusted, and God did. God led them to replace Judas with Matthias, and, and it is an odd passage. We don't do this today because the Holy Spirit has come, and the Holy Spirit dwells in us, and we trust the Spirit to guide us to make decisions, but I think it's good to stop and think about, hey, how do we make decisions? We're not going to, you know, throw coins in the air and say, okay, God, if it's heads, this must be your will. If it's tails, this must be your will. There's got to be a better way to make decisions, and so we're going to talk today about how we can make decisions that are consistent with the will of God and and this is an important topic, because I know for me, as a pastor for 15 years now, probably the question I am asked most is, how do I know? Trey, you served as a pastor for a long time as well. How many Here times were you time. asked that question? Oh,
1: just about every single time you counsel someone, this, this topic comes up. So this is huge.
0: So if you think back to your ministry, think back over the course of your life? Has there ever been a time when you had a big decision to make, you were stressed about it, and you struggled to discover the will of God?
1: Oh, there was. One, one time a, a church came to me and wanted me to be the pastor. God was doing great things at the church I was already a pastor at, and it was just a struggle. And uh, I never felt comfortable doing what I ended up doing, but I did it anyway. And um, I felt like I made the right decision. So uh, I think that the the Word of God gave me some input to that and how to do it, and I did seek uh, uh, some of the things that we're going to talk about today. So, yeah, I've been there, and yeah. I, uh, you probably been there as well.
0: Yeah, I have been there, and really. A story very similar to yours. When I was pastoring in Louisiana, I had another church contact me in Louisiana, wanted me to come and be their pastor, and so I interviewed with them, and they offered me the position, and as they were offering me the position, I had people who knew about the church tell me, hey, that's not a church you mm-hmm. need to go to. It's yeah. a struggling church. It's tough. They're going to eat you up and spit you out, and so, you know, it was very stressful time as I was trying to determine what I needed to do, and I can remember very vividly, you know, just staying awake at night, not being able to sleep, just mm. wrestling with a decision. And, and you know, I've always thought, you know, that that God would lead me, and He would give me peace, and I would make the right decision, that He would speak to me in some way, that He'd give me a sign, a vision, hmm. something, but none of that happened. I, I can't say that in that decision-making process, I clearly heard the voice of God say, Tommy, you need to go to this church. I can't say I had a vision or a dream, none of that. And so I struggled with that decision, and made the decision, to go. But I wasn't really peaceful about it. I I was very nervous about the decision. And from that point on, I determined uh, to find a better way to make decisions, that there had to be a better way to discover God's will than staying up all night and praying that God would give me a vision or speak some kind of word to me or give me the exact right passage if I open my Bible the right way or whatever the case may be. There had to be a better way. And so over the years, I think as I've grown in my faith, I've discovered a better way to make decisions that are consistent with the will of God.
1: And I think what we need to do is we need to make sure that we're doing something that's simple. But it's not always easy. Simple does not mean easy because you have to follow through. And that's why I think today it's important that we talk about six ways that we can make decisions that are consistent with the will of God. How do we make these decisions? How do we, you know, start the process rolling, uh, get, it, get it going in our lives? I, I would think that the first thing we probably need to do is uh, we need to— go back to the Bible and first think biblically. What what do you think about that, Pastor?
0: Exactly. Think biblically. So here's what we know. We know that the Bible is God's inspired word that instructs us in how to walk faithfully with Jesus. And what we know is the Bible reveals to us God's will. It is very clear what God's will is for our lives in the Bible. God wants us to live for Him and to live on mission. He wants us to live lives that are surrendered to Him for His glory. That's it. That's God's revealed will. We can't get away from that. When we read through Scripture, we see that God wants us to live for His glory, and living for His glory means we live lives that are surrendered to Him and lives that are on mission for His kingdom.
1: That's it. Well, What happens if we we say we're going to think biblically, but all of a sudden we get this feeling that, we kind of need to go against what the Bible tells us, you know. Uh, sure, the Bible says that, but I just really feel like, you know, this is what I need to do. What well, do you, ha- you, how do you handle that? Yeah, if
0: you feel that way and you follow those feelings, you're obviously not living consistently with the will of God. Living consistently with the will of God means what the Bible says— That's what I'm going to conform my life to, even if it doesn't make sense in this season, even if it's difficult, even if it presents more challenges for me. Yeah, this is the way I'm going to live because it's consistent with what the Bible says. And here's what we know. Right. The Bible doesn't answer all the questions we're asking. Mm, Yeah, the Bible doesn't answer the question. Who is the exact person I'm supposed to marry? The Bible doesn't answer the question, what job exactly am I supposed to take, Mm -hmm. or which college am I supposed to go to? The Bible doesn't answer all of those questions. It sure doesn't. But what the Bible does do, the Bible informs those questions Mm. we're asking, right? The Bible might, might not answer the question, you know, who is the person I'm going to marry? But the Bible does answer the question of the kind of husband I'm supposed to be. The Bible might not answer the question where should I go to college, but the Bible does answer the question of how am I supposed to live on a daily basis no matter what college I might end up. And so I I think what the Bible shows us is how we live in the will of God. The Bible shows us that we live in the will of God by living lives that are consistent with the Word, uh, living for His glory, living on mission. And the Bible, I think, gives us freedom to make lots of decisions as long as they're consistent with what we see in Scripture as how we are to live our lives every single day. So the Bible might not answer all the questions that we have about the specific details of our lives. I mean, the Bible is not a magic eight ball, uh, but the Bible certainly does inform the decisions that we make and helps us to make decisions that are consistent with the revealed will of God, which is to live for his glory and surrender to him.
1: So you don't think it's proper for me to just say, Lord, what do you want my will, what your will to be? And then just kind of flop the Bible open, put my finger down. Oh, that's the Bible's answer. So, I mean, I've heard people doing that. That's the only reason I'm saying that. And I've had to actually deal with that.
0: Yeah, so that's probably not the best way to do that's it. That's the eight ball type that's thing. That's the eight ball. That's really, honestly, no
1: different than flipping
0: a coin, is it?
1: Mm, no, I don't think so at all. But people think that. We, we have to have the foundation of the Word of God. But then we've got to get the heart of God. And I think that's where our second principle comes in. Uh, how do we make this decision? And that's praying. Right.
0: We think biblically. We, we understand what God's revealed will for our lives is right that he Mm. wants us to live lives surrendered to him for his glory on mission for him that's what he's revealed in his word and in these other specific details of our lives we're trying to figure out how to make a decision we understand god's will that he's revealed and then we pray Mm. we pray that god would give us wisdom to understand uh, how to make a decision that is consistent with what he has revealed i mean there really is power in prayer and i've experienced it you've experienced it when we pray, God really does give wisdom, and God really does guide us, right? Uh, we talked yes. about it several weeks ago when we were looking at uh, the letter that the half-brother of Jesus wrote, James. And James said in James chapter 1, verse 5, You lack wisdom? ask God. God. He'll give it to you. And so we believe that. We believe that as we study God's Word and see how He wants us to live, and we pray that God is going to give us wisdom to make those uh, decisions that are consistent with His will. So pray. Pray yourself. Pray with other people. Pray. Read God's Word. Reflect on God's Word. As God speaks to you through His Word, pray. Ask God to help you and give you wisdom.
1: I think when we look at those first two, we want to make our personal decisions. It's an individual thing. But in the church, we depend upon one another, and I think that leads us to number three, because we can't go in a hole and be holy. We have to have the church of God around us to help us. And number three, I think, is very important that we seek godly counsel, and I think the book of Proverbs deals with that as well.
0: Yeah, Proverbs 15, 22 says, Without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed, Right. So the key is, though, seeking godly counsel. We want Mm. people speaking into our lives that are walking with Jesus, uh, that love the Lord, that want the best for us. And I can remember when I made that decision to go to that church in Louisiana, there were lots of people telling me not to go to that church Mm. because it was a troubled church, and they would, you know, uh, treat me poorly or whatever the case may have been. And I was praying, and I was trying my best to think through Scripture, and along the way came a godly friend. He was a, a, had been a mentor of mine, someone I trusted. And he, he said to me, as we were talking about the decision to go to that church, he said to me, Tommy, God does not always send you into easy. Mm, that wow. was good godly counsel. Yeah. He was, he was a pastor. He had served for a pastor for a number of years. He experienced the hardships of ministry, and he had seen God bring victory in his ministry in a lot of ways, and he knew from experience that ministry isn't always easy, and he knew from experience that God doesn't always send us into easy, comfortable situations. And, and that particular piece of counsel at that particular moment uh, really was what God used mm-hmm. to help me to make that decision to go on to that church, to remember. And it was, it, he didn't tell me anything profound. He didn't tell me anything that that honestly I didn't know. It was just an aptly timed word, and it was a word, right, that was consistent with Scripture. He simply spoke Scripture Mm -hmm. into my life because all over Scripture we see this idea of following Jesus. Sometimes it's difficult. Following Jesus sometimes will put you in situations that are not comfortable. All that to say He was godly counsel, and in those times that we're trying to make decisions that are consistent with with the will of God, we need godly counsel. We need the help of brothers and sisters in Christ who are further along in the journey than we are, who've made decisions in their own lives that we can learn from. We need that kind of counsel.
1: If we only made the easy decisions that were easy to fulfill, then nobody go to the mission field. (laughs) You know, think about that. So uh, uh, seeking godly counsel and just hearing their voice makes such a difference. And uh, that leads us to number four, about using wisdom. Uh, how do we use wisdom to impact the decision we're making, Pastor?
0: Yeah, we already spoke about that just a moment ago when James tells us in James one five to pray for wisdom and God gives wisdom. I think what happens when we're making decisions is that we get just overly concerned about making the right decision. We, we have this idea that there is, is one thing I'm supposed to do, right? That, mm. that in God's economy, there must be just one school I'm supposed to go to or one job I'm supposed to take or there's supposed to be just one particular person that, that God has picked out for me or one this or one that. And if I, if I miss it, I'm going to mess up my whole life. Mm. And that's simply not the case there's lots of places you can go to school. And I think if you choose to go to Clemson, I hope you wouldn't choose to go to Clemson. I hope you choose to go to University of Georgia, right? If you go to Clemson or University of South Carolina or wherever you go, if you're living out your life in a way that's consistent with Scripture, you're in the will of God. Yes,
1: exactly. If, exactly.
0: if you choose this job over that job, if you're living consistently with the will of God, surrendered to Him on mission for Him, you're in His will. And so for me instead of focusing so much on making the right choice, I want to focus more on making a wise choice, because a wise choice is the right Mm -hmm, choice. mm -hmm. So a wise choice would be, okay, what college am I going to go to that's going to help me live in the center of God's will, Mm -hmm. grow in my faith, and be on mission for Him? Now, that could happen in a lot of colleges, right, or a lot of jobs. You could you could do that, but making a wise choice based on what you know about you, how God's wired you, um, what you want to accomplish as God leads you making a wise choice, I think is far better than simply trying to make a right choice.
1: And these days we probably need to add the financial resources to go to that college as well. <laughs> exactly. Because right. you don't want to come out, in all seriousness, you don't want to come out of college if you're called to missions and have a $150,000 debt, yeah. uh, cause you're never going to get to the mission field. So, um, Anyway, um, you know, those are the wise things that we need to do, definitely. Um, so then what we do is we've made the decision now. We've, we've thought biblically. We've prayed. We've sought the godly counsel. We've uh, gone to God's people, uh, heard from them. We've used the wisdom of God. And by the way, uh, I think we'll attach uh, the link to the sermon that deals with James 1, uh, verse 5, too, because that is a wonderful message to hear about. But then the fifth thing we need to do is once we make the decision— Uh, we make the decision and move on.
0: Yeah, we'll put that James 1-5 sermon in the podcast notes. So look down the notes, the description of this podcast, and you'll find a link to that sermon. But yeah, make a decision and move on. So, Trey, I married my uh, wife—let me think, that's not good. I married my wife 11 years ago, and I have not regretted one moment of marrying my wife. It was a wise decision to marry my wife, and I'm sure you could say the same thing about your wife. You made a wise decision. Now, since we've been married, there have been some days that have not been good days, right? (laughs) I mean, every marriage uh, has its challenges, and and while we've had lots and lots of good days, there have been some some days where we've had our our challenges, and on those days that we had our challenges— I didn't go to my room and sit by myself and, and wonder if I made the right mm. choice. I didn't go to my room and wonder, hey, did I mess this up? Maybe I shouldn't have married Stacy. Maybe I should have married someone else. I've never done that. you know why? Because I prayed about it. I thought biblically about it. I sought godly counsel. I used wisdom, and I married her. Mm. It's done, right? I believe that when I married my wife— That I was in the center of God's will because I had thought biblically, I prayed, I sought counsel, I used wisdom, I married her. She is my wife and she will be my wife until the day that one of us dies Mm. because we made a decision and we moved on. We don't question that decision. Uh, because we made a decision based on wisdom from God's Word, and now she's stuck with me, and I'm stuck with her. On good days and bad days, we're going to make it work. We've moved on. And so I think for, for us, we make those decisions, uh, just not second-guessing ourselves. If you've gone through the process of thinking biblically, praying, seeking counsel, using wisdom, live with that decision, mm-hmm. move on. Even on those bad days, when those when that decision you made uh, shows some, some, some times where things are difficult, work through the difficulties, trust that you're in the center of God's will because you've prayed, you've sought biblical counsel, you've thought about his word, you're striving to live for his glory. You're, again, not promised that every day is going to be a good day. You're not promised that everything is going to be easy. And so when things aren't easy, don't second guess the decisions you've made. Live with those decisions, work through it, and continue to live for the glory of God.
1: Sometimes long-range decisions, uh, you make them for long-range, don't always feel right. You know, you, you can feel bad about a decision after you've made it knowing it's the right decision to accomplish. And one thing I've always done is I've tried to think of the four things that we talked about biblically praying and God, seeking Godly counsel and using wisdom. I've I've always tried to line those up kind of like a uh, lights on an aircraft carrier because when an airplane comes in, once they line the lights up on the aircraft carrier, even though they might not be able to see the aircraft carrier where it is, they know that they're going to go straight onto that mm-hmm. aircraft carrier. And so uh, that's when you have to say, Lord, I know this is what you want. It doesn't feel right, but I'm going to move ahead and uh, just be, be happy with the decision I've made.
0: Yeah, I think that's where we struggle is that we... We are so emotionally Mm. driven and we are so driven by our feelings. And and we know what what Jeremiah says, right? Jeremiah 17, 9 says that that our hearts are deceitful, right? And so oftentimes our heart will tell us one thing uh, while God is telling us something else. And, And so we tend to live by our hearts more than we live by what God says or what God reveals to us in his word. And so feelings are really just a bad place to go when you're trying to make decisions. The word of God is the best place to go. Godly counsel is a good place to go because we want objective truth, not Mm -hmm. subjective feelings leading Mm -hmm. us. And so again, if you've made a decision, you might not feel good about that decision sometimes, but that doesn't mean it's the wrong decision. If you've thought biblically if you've prayed if you sought godly counsel if you've used wisdom you can trust that you've made a decision that is consistent with the will of God if you've done these things
1: well that leads us to number six because I think we cannot leave this one out because when we make decisions we need to do that with the gospel in mind in other words how is this going to affect the gospel ministry that I have around people sharing the gospel ministering in all those kind of ways Uh, it's not just a matter of You know, doing whatever I think I should do, the gospel has to be uh, forefront to that. Wouldn't you say, Pastor?
0: Absolutely. So, when you're thinking about, okay, I've got to make a decision on where I'm going to live, that house I want to buy, well, that neighborhood you're looking at, how is that neighborhood uh, in need of the gospel? And how is that house you're going to buy, how is that going to set you up to use your home as a, a base for gospel ministry? When you're thinking about that person you want to marry, How is marrying that person going to help you to spread the gospel? I think about when when I married Stacy or when you married Kelly, you know, our wives before we married them had hearts for ministry and hearts for the Lord. And so I knew that my wife would be a wonderful ministry partner who would help me in making Christ known throughout, you know, the years and through our ministry together. When you're choosing a job— How is that job going to be a place where you can be about gospel ministry? Is it going to put you around people that need to know Jesus? And so just thinking again about God's revealed will, you know what God wants for you. God wants you to live your life in such a way that you're on mission for him. And so as you're making decisions that are consistent with the will of God, how are those decisions going to help you? Live on mission for the sake of Jesus Christ so that the gospel might go forward in your community through your
1: mouth. I even know people who make sure that they have a gospel-preaching church within driving distance Exactly. when they decide where they're moving. And I've actually had people not take a job because they said, you know, we just couldn't find a church that we were comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So for right now, we're going to stay here because for them, the gospel is first and foremost in having a gospel-preaching church that they could be a part of. So uh, that's certainly a huge part of it. So, Pastor Tommy, as we close our podcast, is there anything else you wanted to just kind of give us to help us move along in this decision-making and uh, maybe close us out?
0: Yeah, I think what we've given you today is just some good, practical ways to help you make godly decisions. If you do these things, man, you'll find yourself connecting faith to life more and more. So, think biblically, pray, seek godly counsel, use wisdom Make a decision and move on and make decisions with the gospel in mind. Listen, God wants you to make good decisions. God wants to lead you. And what we want from you, we don't want you to stress over it so much. We want you just to live consistent with God's revealed will. And so we hope that this has been helpful for you. And we hope that this certainly does help you connect faith to life. Hey, if you like what you hear, Go ahead and leave us review. Leaving reviews helps get the word about this podcast out. And if you like what you hear, subscribe so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week that will help you connect faith to life.